0: Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, we do our final Oscar predictions. Mortal Kombat drops this week, and director Simon McCoy joins us for a discussion.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
2: Yeah, you get it. Every
1: time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 161 of Real Blend, a podcast that's so preoccupied with whether or not they could... They didn't stop to think if they should. My name is Sean O'Connell, the managing editor here at Cinema Blend, and we have a huge, huge show going on this week. Uh, Academy Awards predictions. We have Mortal Kombat dropping, and uh, and the director. Oh, come on, Kevin, you don't know what that's from?
3: You're going right I over my I head. I
0: know what it's from, but I'm not sure. Like, why
4: you? Said, is it because Gabe's wearing a Jurassic Park shirt?
0: No, I just wanted to quote a, f- a famous line. That's all. Oh, yes. so we're not that's even we're not
4: trying anymore. That's, wait. That's, well, not not,
0: know, we're not trying. I just don't always have to make it a timely joke, is what I'm saying. You don't
3: have to, but you Every could. once in a
0: while, I'd like to just pull from the archives and, <laughs> but that's and like, reference it.
3: that's not even like a super famous line from that movie. Oh, that's like... That's you, a pretty famous line from that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. I don't know if it's... I mean, like I think there's like five other famous lines in Jurassic Park. Well, why Because use there the are a thousand ones? lines. There are a thousand yeah. lines in there. I don't know that one as well. I want to
0: subvert the obvious. I want to go for ones and keep people on their toes. A podcast that wants
3: you
4: to
5: hold on to your butts.
0: Yeah, right? See, like that's... No, that's oh, too whatever. easy. That's
5: too uh, legal. Just got back to me. We're not allowed to ask the audience to hold on to their butts.
3: Now, a, a
5: cooler, deeper dive.
3: A deeper dive would have been like a podcast that is. Cl- uh, what is it? A podcast that is closer in the mirror than appears. What's the object? Oh. Yeah, be I got an idea. Cool. Why
0: don't you guys fucking do this? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by that uh, I, I mean you. Jake Hamilton, a Fox 32 in Chicago. Hi, Jakey.
4: Did it once, made my voice
3: weird, not doing it again.
0: Oh, it did, yes. (laughs) Very strange. And Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Hi, Kev.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, Gabe put the uh, anchor voice filter on Jake uh, during that particular. (laughs) By the way, I didn't think that until Jake said it. Like, Jake told us, like, I thought it as
5: soon as we started recording. I went, oh. Oh,
1: oh, (laughs) this is is what we're
3: doing now. I didn't, uh, uh, until our buddy Chase called Jake out on it, I don't think I realized. I don't think I realized. Did it you go now. back and listen to it? No, but now I, but it's I can super, hear
4: it. It's oh, like, and to the point where, like, I don't even really use that voice that much. No. On
3: like, it went hardcore. Anchor, it didn't sound why. bad at all. Stop. It was. It was fine. It was great.
0: Say hi, producer Gabe. How's it going, boys? There you go. Housekeeping. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, hello. You get to see Kevin's Real Blend merchandise and uh, and Jake's handsome shirt. This is a uh, Joe
3: McCarthy special, by the way.
0: While you are here. H&M. Uh, hit subscribe, turn on your notifications. If you're listening to us where you get your podcast needs met, hit the description that has all of our fun links inside of it, including where you can sign up for the Robland Premium episode. And this week's episode is going to be a mailbag for people who have sent in questions. The the premium episodes drop on Mondays. It is an additional episode that you get from all of us, uh, in addition to an ad-free experience with RealBlend. In order to sign up for RealBlend Premium, go to bit.ly backslash RealBlend. Uh, No time for messing around this week. We're going to dive right into all of the fun things that are happening, starting with the weekly poll. So we're going to be predicting all of the Oscar categories heading into Sunday's ceremony. And so we put up a poll on Friday. And Kevin, this one's going to you. I kind of think that the most complicated or unpredictable category going into the Oscar ceremonies is best actress. It almost feels like it could go almost any direction. You right. can make an argument for almost all five of the actresses in there. So there are four slots. One of them has to be other. So I gave the people Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, Carrie Mulligan, and then the someone else had to take up uh, Andre Day and Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby, right? Okay, so... Of those four choices, who do you think, and and reminder to everybody else who's listening, we're going to be giving our own choices for Best Actress later on when we do the picks. But right now, for who do you think the real blend audience picked out of, Mm. Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, Carey Mulligan, or one of the other two?
3: All right, and uh, and up to this point, four of them have won, and Kirby hasn't won anything, right? Kirby won Venice. Okay, so they all have one award. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Which which makes it crazy. Right, so Andra won Globe. Yeah. Carrie yes. won Critics' Choice. Yeah, right. Kirby won Venice, as Jake said. Viola <laughs> won SAG. SAG, yeah. which is a big and, one. And, and Francis Fra- won uh, BAFTA. BAFTA. Wow. All right. Um,
0: oh, wait, did Francis also get Globes, too?
3: No, no. because Andra like, won in Drama, not Musical Comedy. Yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah,
3: okay. which which is interesting because yeah, you would think that that category would be musical comedy because she's singing in the movie, but right. it's different. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with our audience chose Carrie Mulligan. Okay, Jake, do you want to weigh into? That's that's probably what I would if only just Kate. because I think that's the most popular movie. But Viola winning SAG makes me also wonder, because our audience is very tuned in to awards, since we started mm-hmm. off as an award show. SAG is a gigantic indicator sometimes, mm-hmm. and it is chosen by the actors. So I wouldn't be surprised if people, like if we had done this poll prior to SAG, I think Carrie Mulligan would have been like the go-to. Right. Uh, but see, I'm, I'm going to say it's between those two, but I'm going to ultimately go Carrie Mulligan.
0: Carrie Mulligan got forty four percent of the vote and led uh, led the poll, followed by Viola Davis with thirty four percent and Frances McDormand at eighteen percent. I thought for a long time Frances was the front runner, but um, her
3: movie's a front runner, but not her apparently. Maybe not her,
0: but she's the movie. I mean, I, I know Chloe's direction is kind of the movie too, but like yeah, it's Frances and and the the landscape. But-
3: one of the, and we'll get into this into discussion later. One of the things we all know is that it really doesn't come down to what's the best performance of the year. It comes down to the politics sure. of it. All right, so she already won at this point. Cool. So two. we'll give it. Well, yeah, all right, right. She won for three billboards and. Um, and Fargo. Right. right. So Fargo was way long ago. Billboards was, what, three, two, three years ago. So that, that, that yeah. politically yeah. plays into the, the decision making process. But uh, yeah. didn't Hanks win two years in a row, Jake? Yeah, he did. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. and Forrest Gump. Yeah, well, Forest Gump was a forest, forest of nature.
0: It's a forest dump. All
3: right. Stop. Stop it.
0: <laughs> We're going to have plenty Stop of Oscar it. talk uh, leading on to the rest of the show. But we have a huge movie that's going to be opening later this month. And so we have, oh, wait, this week. Did it get pushed back to this week? Mortal Kombat is this week? Okay, Mortal Kombat is opening. We're going to have a review of it. Uh, And we had the director, Simon McCoy, join our show. And we are going to cut out the spoiler talk. So you guys can listen to this uh, cleanly if you haven't yet seen Mortal Kombat. We get into a lot of stuff about the production and the fights and the the fatalities and, and all the cool stuff that he did in camera. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, the director of Mortal Kombat here on Real Blend.
4: Simon, so, mean, seriously, thank you so much for joining us here on Real Blend. Obviously, I'm Jake. It's Kevin and Sean, depending on how you're looking at the at the squares. Um, but, so we are very much a film-centric podcast, and a lot of times we go into sort of the more nerdy questions that we don't oftentimes have time for uh, in a more traditional TV junket, which we also do. Uh, I'm a big fan of this movie, so I'm going to lead off and jump right into it. Um, whenever I started watching the movie, I was very excited to see... I figured the needle drop for the theme even though sort of it's the new theme, but kind of that iconic theme was coming at some point. So I was very much waiting to see how you were going to use it. I was curious as to how you knew or when you knew like when to use that moment, when to use that iconic theme. And was there ever a conversation, I know this is sort of more of a remixed version, was there ever a conversation of using that original theme from the 95 movie?
2: Um, okay, so it's all because Ben Wallfish is a genius uh, is the main reason, um, the composer. So we we very very early on in my first meeting with Ben, he had done a demo where he took the original track and he turned it into this epic cinematic scored version of it, using the melody and taking the, the threads of it that were very important and then bringing it across and creating this really massive version of the of it and. From that day forward, I mean, the conversation started with Ben saying, have you considered using the Mortal Kombat theme? And I said, yeah, obviously we're going to have to look at that. And I'd said to him, everything we're doing on this film is taking what exists and elevating it. It's not changing it. We can add some things, but we can't change and we've got to elevate and every aspect of that, whether that's costume and music and and so he said, oh, good, I've got a demo. Do you want to listen to it? Because um, he said, I feel the same riff, same way. So he he played the demo and um, I actually got sweat. I, I got clammy listening to it. It was just so amazing. Yeah. And um, that then from that day forward, it was really just a question of, it was really all Ben. I, you know, I said to him, this is the approach I want to take. He agreed. We were on the same pathway. And then really it was about, Understanding where the key moments were, and it was his assessment, and we uh, the discussions we had about where those key moments would happen, and and when they need to land. Obviously, when Scorpion arrives, um, Raiden's theme is actually that melody slowed right down um, when the title comes up, and then it happens again throughout the film. Um, Liu Kang's bicycle kick. There's stuff where where we felt like the the ingredients that were were visually being told, the character on what the character was doing and all these things, all lined up and needed that extra layer to really to give it this amplified tonal Mortal Kombat feeling. And and that was that was the process. So Uh, My job as director is to employ really clever people, and I employed Ben Wallfish to do his job, and he did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Simon, I got to attend a a day uh, a couple of weeks back where they showed the opening sequence from the film, and then you guys took a bunch of questions from us. And one of the things you said I want you to elaborate on, which is some of the locations in the film, which seemed to me like you green-screened the heck out of it, are actually in camera, Uh, and the realms looked super impressive. And I just wanted you to be able to elaborate on the cool places you got to go and physically shoot this film.
2: Yeah. Um, so my approach is always to try and do as much in camera as possible. It does make for a harder shoot. On on some days, it, it's it's less comfortable. There's no air conditioning. You have to take long, weird plane rides on small planes. You and so, but it makes for a more believable, connective quality to the way it feels. And it's a, it's an important part of the ingredients that I'm putting together to give it the right authentic, elemental, real feeling. And if, and to stop it feeling generic and, and feeling to give it its own singular voices to really, to bring that in. So that's why it's worth going to the extra effort to do that. So our world was shot a couple of Scenes about what were shot in Lee Creek coal mine, so it's a disused coal mine in the middle of South Australia. So we all went up there, and that that was shot there. And then we shot one of the fights at the end in a in a quarry. We shot nights in the base of this black granite quarry. We put fire up on the walls, and we just did it all. And we enhanced a little bit. Obviously, there's Kahn statue that wasn't there to begin with. Um, <laughs> so we, we were enhancing in-camera locations and some of them, like when when Melina's in the, the big wide shot of Melina walking along, there's very little visual effects in that shot. We added, we enhanced a little bit with the sunlight because we needed to, that was more a, because we wanted to get the balance of the shots that then come after it more, correctly balanced and that helped us do that. But, but that shot, uh, is, is 95% in camera. We had to paint some roads out uh, things like that, but ultimately, um, where we shot in South Australia and all the locations were incredibly visually powerful. So that was one of the reasons it was so great shooting here because we, we had that had so much to work with for in, in camera.
3: Simon, I was geeking out when I first saw the trailer and then obviously saw the scene in the film. Uh, This is not a spoiler because it's actually in the trailer where Sub-Zero slices scorpion the blood shoots out he takes it as the blood freezes the blood then stabs it back into him i mean it's just like the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life and i wanted to ask i mean clearly i know there's like cg involved Uh, clearly there has to be but can you talk about the actual filming of that scene kind of what you gave joe specifically and how you were able to create that moment like what it looked like on the day versus kind of how it got to what how it looks now that we see it i mean it's such an epic sequence just curious if you could walk through that filmmaking process
2: uh, sure, it's actually pretty simple. Um, so uh, that whole fight at the end was um, most of that gym was in-camera practical fake ice. So that whole build out, all across that whole space, was Naaman Marshall going completely crazy. Production designer just R and Ding. What's the? How do we make? real looking ice out of plastic and, and how do we do that? I mean, Naaman built a machine, the size of this, you know, probably 10 meters by four meters, just a machine to dip the chain link fence into (laughs) rubberized ice. And that like he, they built like that, a team just building that to (laughs) in. And we, and so we, they spent a lot of time R and D'ing all that ice. And how to make it to make it feel real because i just kept saying no it has to be in camera it has to be in camera and Naaman's amazing amazing production designer and and so therefore that shot when you see that shot as it's shot in camera it is hero and joe doing that fight choreography and joe just doing it grabbing thin air <laughs> and doing that and they're wow. just you know you hire smart people and let them do their job i mean it's <laughs> and you get out of the way so it's it's all of the people bringing their a-game and therefore and then the visual effects company rising some pictures who are amazing great australian visual effects company they then took that and added the necessary parts that couldn't be real so it was a real layering of of a, of what was in camera and then and what the visual effects became um but there's less visual effects in that shot than you might think it's it's pretty much yeah it took a while to get that it took a few goes at getting the dagger right because a few times because because joe's just grabbing into thin air but he does grab i mean joe's the way joe works is incredible his brain just like even just when he's Got the ice blade, and he's doing that, and he holds his hands. Oh, it was always in the right spot. It was always mm. felt like he was holding. So it was unbelievable. So, but then getting the design of that blade to first feel like a splash of blood, yeah, and then to kind of feel like a blade. The first couple just didn't feel right. It was well, it feels like a splash of blood, but what is that thing? Is it like so? There's some things you were at some, these these ideas that are quite an unbelievable concept to take a little moment to get into a real feeling, um, moment. So, um, and that's no reflection on the visual effects company I mean they're amazing, but it just yeah. took a moment to, to find that sometimes it just does. you. Yeah.
3: Did you know it was a trailer moment when you did it?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. So the, the stunt team, they designed that very early on. So the way Kyle and Cham work, It was an amazing stunt team and they do these fight visas. And I think one day I will release the fight visas and you can see what the raw material looked like all just shot on video. And it's all the stunt guys just doing their thing and with cardboard boxes and stuff. And it's where those guys would design and work it all out and they'd cut it together. And it was in that one of those early meetings where they said, Oh, we're going to show you the, you know, that, that was such a big fight at the end there. They, were, they did it sort of did it in chunks. But when we sat down and saw that um, one of my yeah, briefs to good. them early on was we got to put as many great ideas inside the fights as we possibly can, because that's what makes an audience really enjoy it. It's, it's the ideas within it just yeah, as okay. much as it is the, the visual athletic dynamic quality to it. So again, you're sort of layering up, it gets boring, you get this sort of fight tonnage fatigue if it's just the same thing over and over. So you've got to always lace these with really interesting little nuggets throughout. And so those guys really uh, took that and ran with that. And that was one of the, when they showed that and we're all in the meeting and we're all looking at it, it was we all reacted <laughs> very positively. Like, oh, that's great. <laughs> um, that was, that's
3: how we were when we saw yeah. it too we were like damn that's amazing
2: <laughs> yeah so i think it was from when we first saw it on on video and i said to kyle and chan i said oh that's that's fantastic guys that's <laughs> and then yeah so it was nice to see people react the same way When in the trailer it was great
4: simon i would imagine there's a there's an interesting catch 22 when it comes to making a mortal combat movie because obviously you want to put a lot of the fan favorites in the movie because certain you know fans want to see certain characters. The downside is a majority of those characters have to die. And and presumably a lot of them will not be coming back for the sequel. I want to talk about what it's like to both choose which choosing which characters to bring in, but also the acknowledgement that like, okay, yeah, we're going to bring them in and then eventually they're going to die and you're not going to see them anymore.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a lot. There was um... Well, I guess each each character. Well, let me take a step back. The really nice thing about Mortal Kombat is that there's been so many iterations and so many generational changes and so many branches out, even off characters and and play with time and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of rules that were set up not by me, by the guys at NetherRealm, that allowed us to to gave us a bit of freedom, and it's probably the the thing they felt in doing the game because of the nature of what the game is about that you needed some flexibility within to be able to make characters who who regenerate or reincarnate to make that an interesting part of the the canon and the lore so yeah you know, we knew that was there and that if we're if we're lucky enough to do a sequel, if, if people like the film, then, you know, we've got that up our sleeve. But also, but, you know, in, in, in saying that some people needed to die and we couldn't just have all of the um, lesser known characters die. We needed to fight So it was just a, it was just a constant process of, does that feel right? Who are those characters that come in? it would be good to have a flying character because that would just give another dynamic to the quality of the film. So nitara comes in. Um, I'm assuming you're not running this before people have seen the film, right?
0: Uh, we can save some spoilers for later if you want to.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't spoil anything. I don't, I, yeah. I, am taking, I have completely lost track of time and you know, <laughs> on all these, these interviews. So <laughs> To keep all the spoilers, um, I try and self-edit as we talk, but um, sometimes I'll... Yeah, we were going to save the spoiler questions for the very end, so... Okay, great. Um, but anyway, so yeah, those characters, they each of them had a, a different set of, are they as well-known if they're not? Some of them, you know, they come on and we know that people are going to think, well, they're probably going to die because just of who they are, but we tried to balance that out. Um, it was tricky.
0: Um, I, we've been paying a lot of attention to the fact that um, Godzilla vs. Kong is doing extremely well at the box office, and that's when people have the HBO Max option. And to me, it's been super encouraging that it means that people feel like they're ready to go back to the theaters for some of these blockbuster events. Are you sort of feeling that way, too? Are you encouraged by these numbers and and hoping that Mortal Kombat, that more people get to see Mortal Kombat on the big screen, uh, where I'm assuming you designed it to be?
2: Yes, it was it was a different world when we set out to make this film. For sure, um, yeah, I'm encouraged that people now have the opportunity to go and see it at the cinema if they want to. If they feel it's up to them, they have that choice. It's always better to have a choice. If people want to watch it at home, great. If they want to go to the cinema, great. So, yeah, that was really impressive what Godzilla versus Kong did, and I it, what was really lovely about that was it was a a big cinema experience Mm -hmm. and it may it was a really nice proof that people do love going to the cinema they love the shared experience of going into a theater and seeing it on a big screen with big sound and there's a real power to that and so that was really good to see them get success based on just this inner desire for us to to want to go and do that it's why cinema's been so successful for so long we all love going to the cinema you know i like watching stuff on my tv at home too but there's certain things you want to see on the on the big screen so and that's certainly one of those and and i went and saw it and i, I loved it i thought it was great um
0: and there's moments in your film too that i just know are going to play so much better with the crowd around you, you know especially a crowd of people who enjoy the property
2: yeah I, we we screened the australian premiere the night before last in Adelaide and it was the first time I'd experienced seeing this film with a huge crowd Mm. and it was immensely satisfying and it it added this other layer of fun to it where people were, were reacting and laughing and it just made the whole experience just added this other facet to it that I hadn't experienced yet. And it was really, really amazing feeling for me. And so, yeah, just also reminded me like, yeah, this is, it's fun. It's, it's the type of film you should see at the cinema if, you've, if you want to do that. If you feel comfortable going, if you had your vaccines or have whatever you need to feel comfortable, it, it's certainly a, a film that gets more enjoyable if it's a shared experience. It's fun. So, uh, yeah, I was thrilled to see Godzilla and Kong do so well. It was great.
4: I got to say, I didn't see it with a crowd, but I was fortunate enough. Warner Brothers was kind enough to set up a, a, a theatrical screening. So I got to see it on the big screen in a theater by myself. And I was still yelling and screaming and, and doing all the things <laughs> I would imagine a crowd would have been doing. I was just, it was just a crowd of one. Yeah, good. <laughs>
3: yeah. 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 You know, Simon, uh, as a fan of the game growing up, there were a lot of uh, lines in the movie that really struck me. My favorite particularly is probably Kano calling Luke Kang out for doing the same move over and over. I think we all had friends growing up who would do that same move (laughs) over and over again. I was curious how you delegated who got what famous line for example fatality or flawless victory uh i know ludy uh ludy Liu uh, is was t- telling me that there, during the press day that he actually did uh his line fatality in adr which i thought was really kind of crazy because that's a very very big line so i'm wondering how you delegated who got what famous line and kind of did you ever play with the idea of putting the health bars at the top of the screen like the game <laughs> at all for any of the fight
2: scenes um well very early on, it did sort of flit through my brain uh, the idea of making one of the shots fleetingly feel like it had the characteristics of the <laughs> – like the camera was going to go around like that, and as it got to that bit, you are going to sort of see the architecture of the rock or something, or the, and it was going to feel like that, and you are going to go. But to be honest, the, the, it, I just was so trying to serve – to make a good film rather than always look back on the video game yeah. that I, that I started to have this, as the process went on, I embraced this spirit of no, just, let's just make a film. Let's not get too surface executional from, from the game because I think sometimes perhaps I didn't want to fall for that, fall into that trap of, of taking too much, the, the blueprint or of, of the game, because I feel like sometimes that perhaps has led to um, a lack of success in, in some other adaptations. So <clears throat> I, I, that was what through, went through my brain visually. But um, <laughs> as far as the, the, the lines and Greg Russo wrote a lot of that stuff into the script to begin with. So a lot of it was already there and decided because certain characters you feel like needed to say certain things. Um, it sort of, a lot of them seemed right. I mean, we knew what Kung Lao was going to do and we knew therefore what, what he did, you knew what he was going to say. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: uh, he's kind of tiptoe through the information.
5: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Not, not, not give it
2: away. So, so, and but, but, then, but, but but Ludi's lens though
3: is ADR. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean yeah.
2: And then what you do is in trying to maximize and do, and just constantly improve and make things better and better and better, which is the process you go through through the whole, the, the whole process of making the film. You just look for opportunities still. That's just a constant. And Ludi's fell into that, into that camp on that particular one. Um, <laughs> And it wasn't all, you know, not all of them are like that. It was, that was just like, oh, we could do that here. And, um, yeah, we just tried as best we could to, you're just always trying to make a better. You're always just trying to say, oh, could we improve that? Can we do that better? Okay. That could be, and that's the process. You're just constantly recutting and looking and finding and, um, and then you just distill and distill and, and then all of a sudden someone rips the film out of your hand and you're like, oh, I can't do any more. And and then you've just got to sit there and watch it and and say, okay, that's the film.
4: Uh, Simon, one of the uh, many reasons why I want this movie to do well so we can get a sequel is that there are still a lot of great characters who you just didn't have time fitting. You can't put all the great characters in there. You just can't. Uh, one of the big ones, obviously, being that we don't get to see Johnny Cage. I'm really hoping we get to see him for a part two. Uh, I know you've been asked if you had any characters in mind or any particular actors in mind. So I don't want to ask you that question. But I do want to ask you is if you think because the whole idea of Johnny Cage is that he's a big Hollywood actor. So do you think whoever plays Johnny Cage needs to be a big Hollywood? Like, does it need to be a name? I guess is what I'm asking.
2: Um, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think there's there's an argument to be made that it might be better not being a name. I'm not advocating that. But <laughs> but and I haven't really thought about who that is at all because we never wanted to get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We always wanted to just focus on this film, do our best to try and get this as right as we could, never presume anything. And and it's not for us to decide whether it's a sequel. It's, you know, really the, the fans and the audience will tell us. So we obviously set up some joiner pieces Um, some of them are quite buried and some of them are more overt, but that wasn't because we're, you know, making this assumption that we've worked it all out. It's just that there's some key characters that we need to really consider. And there's some good opportunities that, that could come uh, because of the, the amount of characters that are in Mortal Kombat and, and where that could take us. But it doesn't mean we've thought about it a great deal beyond that, because again, it's, we don't want to fall for that. So, um, focus on this, try and get it as good as possible. And, um, and yeah, I don't know who that would be if, if we ever get that. I volunteer. Okay, good. Thank you. I'll put your name on the list. <laughs> yes. You'll, be the, you'll yes. be the only name on the list so far.
0: Yes. <laughs> for not getting Nicholas Cage for this role, Simon, I'm not even quite sure what we're doing here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll put him on the list too they no! got two names Damn jake John. and nicholas cage well he might be busy, now jake. I, He's now very busy too.
3: <laughs> no no that's a, not they true can a, they could do a face-off fatality and then wink at the camera oh, That'd be really. yeah. I mean, come on simon
0: all right fantastic they're giving us the wrap simon we really appreciate your time uh thank you for joining the real Blind podcast and uh i can't wait to see this movie do gangbusters because uh i think fans are gonna love it
2: great right, mate really nice chatting to you guys
0: thank you very much to warner brothers for giving us time with simon make sure you check out mortal Kombat. it's going to be in select theaters where theaters are safe and you guys feel good about going uh it is also like warner brothers titles released this year going to be put onto hbo max at the exact same time so plenty of opportunities for you guys to get to it we didn't get a lot of spoiler talk with simon but um the stuff that we did get from him that is spoilery we will upload as a clip so you guys can listen to it after the fact so we just don't ruin any of the fun for the movie so
3: And the movie was supposed to come out, and the reason why there was confusion was it it was supposed to come out April 16th. Uh, And then uh, for people who don't know, they pushed it to the 23rd, which is this week, because Godzilla was going to get a little more run uh, in its its theatrical run before Mortal Kombat hit IMAX, essentially. And we all know how Godzilla vs. Kong did, so I'm interested to see what Mortal Kombat does. Do you guys think Mortal Kombat... Will have a strong box office showing as Godzilla did. That's R rated. So I mean, wondering. no, yeah,
4: I don't think it's going to be as big as Godzilla One. I just don't think there is as much like, oh my god, I cannot wait to see this. Also, the R rating I think is going to limit it. That being said, I do think it's going to do well. Also, I don't think it needs to do as well as I think. Last I read, it was right. like a fifty million dollar budget. It right. doesn't have to do Godzilla versus Kong numbers to still be a success. So, so measurably, it could be equitable, um, even if it's not the exact same number
3: do you think do you, do you still think we'll see that like push though where like godzilla vs kong was obviously on hbo max and theaters 50 million in its first five days not saying that it'll hit 50 million but do you think there'll be like a gigantic jump and like maybe it'll do 20 million or something like that do you think it'll be a substantial number would be, would be
4: uh i think that would make warner brothers happy
3: mm-hmm. hmm. i could see it doing that yeah, yeah. i we'll think see. i think
0: people just want to get out to theaters too sure they're just excited about something new
3: yeah, problem with Mortal Kombat is you can't bring your family. That's the yeah. I mean, and that that's really comes down to. I mean, you, depends you on the could, family, right? But I mean, like you know, you're not gonna have a lot of nine, ten year old kids watching fatalities and heads being ripped off and things like that. And that movie's pretty violent. So I mean, oh, it's super violent. They went there on that one. I they mean, also. They,
0: it's, it's the language. It's language more than anything else. Like it, it felt like though. an 80s throwback, you know, in terms of how aggressive it was with its f-bombs and everything. Yeah. Um I was like I guess if you're going to embrace the R, you're just going to embrace the R. Cuz it yeah. wasn't even the violence, not, I'm not even saying that the language bothered me. But like that's what stood out to me as being oh this is why it's an R because it leans so heavily into just aggressive aggressive language which you don't hear that often because movies are so quick to like soft pedal and try to get a PG thirteen yeah.
3: so yeah definitely yeah they, they it's, and then, but sometimes it can work against a movie where they they know they have an R and they just they just try to use as much disturbing yeah. dialogue as possible but you know and anyway so we'll move on yeah it's
0: not like Quentin Quentin uses an F yeah in well, the exact same way.
3: It's so funny that you said that because I was getting ready to move on because I was going to have a thought and then I was like, I don't want to back the show up, but you mentioned <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, which is exactly where my mind went. I rewatched Jackie Brown last night and I, <laughs> I just couldn't be- I mean, the language in that movie is unreal. Like, like it is And by the way, that movie hits me differently now than it did. Uh, I'm having, I'm having a little bit of a old school resurgence on Tarantino, like Jackie Brown's better than i remembered it to be honest I don't think so.
0: tarantino ever fell out of love with you <laughs> never fell out
3: no what, what i mean by that is jackie brown was was kind of always a little bit lower on my list and i still right. love jackie brown but it's the only movie he's ever adapted from um, mm. from a novel um yeah. and Leonard. W- what when i watched it when i was younger you have to remember that one two punch when you hit pulp fiction then you go right to jackie brown very different experience mm-hmm. so now that i'm kind of removed from the hype of it and i'm like sitting here as a 37 year old adult just popping it on I appreciate the movie a lot more, and I I remembered all the songs. I hadn't seen it in years. Across 110th Street, the Beaumont Warner when he drives Beaumont to kill him. I mean, just mm-hmm. amazing. So I'm giving Jackie Brown a second. A Damn secondary. it! Now I gotta watch it. I'm telling right. you, it might be better than you remembered. It's and, and I still love that movie. It was just lower on my list for him.
5: This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force.
0: All right, let's get to our Oscar predictions. So we do this every year. Um, There's going to be a bet, uh, as we have done in years past. The traditional bet, first it was a burger's bet. Uh, The new bet, which I think we're going to keep for this year, is that the winner gets to choose. So the person who gets the most uh, guesses correct, gets to choose which film the other two guys watch. And uh, for anyone who hasn't paid attention to the most recent Oscar predictions, Jake won last year. And made Kevin and I both watch the Human Centipede Part Three, and it was it was atrocious. I mean, it's offensive but on it was, every level.
3: It wasn't like funny bad. It wasn't like, hey, Kevin, you're gonna watch this and it's gonna be like, oh, this yeah. is gonna be a lot of fun, <laughs> a little yeah. goof about it. No, yeah. no, no. This was like, yeah, yeah. This is a horrifying. So, so you're yeah. gonna get something yeah.
0: really bad. The the losers are gonna get something really, really bad. That's the goal. Right. So we're gonna start uh, with visual effects. Kevin and I are both playing this where we hit, did not look at the nominees uh we are literally playing off of instinct jake i don't know how much research you did prior to this oh i
4: am i am i am not being forced to watch i did research (laughs) i am not being forced to watch
0: and we'll get into our commentaries as we go as we go a little bit further down down the road but visual effects here are your nominees you have uh love and monsters the midnight sky mulan the one and only ivan and tenet
4: um, so as we give our picks Gabe you're keeping track of all of these okay um, I'm going to go with Tenant, and I think that that is going to be our beloved films one and only win for the night
0: I will go Tenant also
3: I will go Tenant as well and, uh, and again so Sean and I just for the record we yep. are filling these in live as we as we are doing these and reading these Jake yep. has his prepped um, so this is all going on instinct. Now, yes. Sean and I are, are, are very injured by Jake's last choice. <laughs>
4: I, so, see,
3: that's why I had to come back strong. Yeah. We're, all right. we. I hope. I actually hope one of us wins. I'm actually pulling for Sean, too. <laughs> Thank you. Because I do not <laughs> – I want Jake to watch something so horrific. We're going to get, no! like, faces of death I, or something. I, 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 might this is choose,
4: weird. I'm, I might choose Human Centipede 3 over again just, just to <laughs> – <laughs> <did it>. All <laughs> right,
0: here's where these categories make a big difference, though, because he, we're going to have to hit some places where we differ yes. in, on some of these choices, because I think when we get all to right. the bigger categories, we might all be in sync. So this one's costume design. And here are your choices Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. I'm
3: I think this is go... a hard one. I'm going to go with Mulan. Oh, interesting. Because and, and, and while I think Mank could take this, I think Mulan just, I mean, Emma's another one too. Emma's pretty amazing. Fantastic from a, from a, uh, I'm going to go Mulan. It's just so okay. striking.
0: Okay. I'm going to go Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
4: I am also going Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. All right.
0: See, Emma is the one that scares me in that category.
4: Yeah. Well,
3: just cause it's because that, it's always that's
5: the up. period piece.
3: Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> that, Emma's, the, you know what? Can I switch to Emma or am I too late? You can switch. switch.
5: You You have you have until the end of this episode to lock it in.
3: (laughs) Lock it in. You know I'm going to go Mulan. My gut, my gut tells me to lock
5: it. Mulan's also a very smart choice too.
3: Yeah,
4: I'm going Ma Rainey just because of sort of the buzz around that movie.
0: Oh my! All right, this is uh, makeup and hairstyling with your first Oscar nomination for Hillbilly Elegy, and I, I will laugh every time that I mention that Hillbilly Elegy is an Oscar nominee. Uh, not that bad oh dude it's bad it's It's really bad It's it wasn't
3: that bad alright here
0: is your makeup and hairstyling Emma once again Hillbilly Elegy Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Mank and Pinocchio
3: give me the list one more time
0: makeup and hairstyling is Emma Hillbilly Elegy Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Mank and Pinocchio
3: I'm going to go with Hillbilly Elegy because I genuinely think that Glenn Close's makeup job was incredible. And I think that they will, I think that was going to, it's going to win.
4: Um, I'm going Ma Rainey's Black Bottom because I think sort of that, that look of Viola Davis has kind of yeah. become iconic and synonymous with like the poster and all the, the images of that movie that you see. <sighs>
0: So this could be. This could be it. This could be the category that that determines the winner. <laughs> that determines whether or not you watch Human Centipede three again. Uh, I have to go. My rating's Black Bottom. Also. Well,
3: here's the, here, here's the beauty of this. If I don't win and Sean does, I'm still winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, Sean could still hey, turn you his two back. really
0: are teaming up against me. You're we not joking. They really are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't understand what you did to us last year. Yeah, oh I, no, I, I am... absolutely
4: understand what I did to
0: you last I, yeah. year. We even like jokingly were like, dude, you should watch it with us just for fun. And you were like, yeah, no. Yeah. no, no, <laughs> no. Fridays, I thought I was doing this. All right. Uh, music, original song. Here's your category for uh, Oscar nominees for original song Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Hear My Voice from the Trial of the Chicago Seven.
3: Sean? Yes. Do you mind giving the artist as well?
0: Oh, sure. Uh, Fight for You. From Judas and the Black Messiah, music by her and Dernst Emil, lyric by her and Tia Thomas, uh, Tierra okay. Thomas. Okay. Hear My Voice from the Trial of the Chicago Seven, music by Daniel Pemberton, lyrics by mm. Daniel Pemberton and Celeste Waite. Okay. Uh, Husavik from Eurovision Song Contest, the story I actually of really Fire like that song. Saga, <laughs> music and lyrics by really like Sivan <laughs> Kotechka. Fat Max Gusis and Ricard Gorenson. Uh, scene from The Life Ahead. La Vida Devante Ase. Music by Diane Warren. Oh, the legend oh. Diane Warren comes in. Uh, lyrics by Diane Warren and Laura Pausini. And Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Music and lyrics by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth. So, Fight For You from Judas and Black Messiah. Hear My Voice. Trial Chicago 7. Husavic. From Eurovision scene from the life ahead and speak now from One Night in Miami.
3: Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. Same. Speak Now.
4: I, and it's one of those situations where I think it's more Leslie Odom Jr.'s winning the Oscar more so than the song itself. Yep. Hmm. I think if they honestly, I really like that song from Eurovision. I know it's i'm like taking
0: kind of, I'm taking the Eurovision song. Are you? <laughs> yep. I'm taking the
4: Eurovision yes. song.
3: Yes. I did, not, I did not get that movie. It didn't...
4: It didn't <laughs> no, I didn't particularly care for it either, connect. but I liked
3: that song. Yeah. And I like weird comedy. I just didn't... It,
0: I, I,
4: didn't wa- I
3: really
0: wanted to like it. I really didn't did. Land. Yeah. All right. Here's the uh, original score. And this is important because later on we're playing Michael Giacchino Blend. And uh, Which, this is really
3: hard. By the way, the only score that should win is not even nominated. So I don't even know why we're doing this category, but continue which would be ludwig, ludwig yeah of course yeah Tenet. all right
0: but well but instead you get uh, Terrence terence blanchard defy bloods uh resner and ross for both mank and resner ross and john batiste for soul mm-hmm. minari emil Moseri, and news of the world james newton howard so defy Re- bloods mank minari news of the world and soul resner
4: ross soul no question. Correct. I'm also going soul. Yeah. I'm also yes. And it which, should.
3: by the way, if you, it, the only scene you really need to see to know that's going to win, in my opinion, outside of Tenet, is the oh that that insane scene when he's actually going into the world and it's just like pure black on screen. It's just that like epic like music yes. is pounding. It's just <laughs> so the music in Soul is genuinely I say this a lot, but genuinely part of the character of the world. So. That's gonna win. You that know, we blanching. all
4: agree on a category. It it really emphasized the importance of those categories that we disagree on. It puts what w- much more weight uh, on the, the disagreements. Every time every time we agree on one, I always think, damn, that, that makes that makes the other ones just that much more that much more crucial.
3: I got the social network vinyl the other day and I've been pumping that upstairs. Those two are just I
0: mean their mang score is incredible too.
3: Incredible. Just Reznor and Ross are they're phenomenal. I, I mean the, they yeah.
0: The Terrence Blanchard score is incredible too.
3: Like, I do I think, I think Blanchard, did, did Blanchard score. win for Black Klansman? Because oh. that was one of my favorite scores I think he ever, he's ever did. won.
0: Oh, I thought he just did. I thought he just did.
4: Someone Maybe looked
3: that
0: up. I thought
4: but because. I thought the, the I thought the uh, Black Klansman year was the same year that uh Johan won for Black Panther. Was there, are those
0: different years? Oh, that's right.
4: No, that's yeah, that's oh. right. That's
0: right.
3: So Ludwig won for Black Panther. Yeah, I'm sorry, not Johan. I'm sorry, not Johan. Ludwig. In the same year as Black Klansman? Yeah, they were nominated the same year. Oh, okay.
5: Are uh, you Blanchard's asking if yeah. he's ever won? Were you asking if Blanchard's yes. ever won? He has only been nominated twice for Klansman and the Five Bloods. Oh he's gosh. never won.
2: Wow. Well,
0: he deserves it, to win, but he's gonna lose this year.
3: His five blood score is outstanding. It's outstanding. Yeah.
0: All right. Production design. Production design. We have The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet.
3: Tenet deserves this. I think Mank wins it.
0: I'm going Mank, too. I'm also going Mank. Wow. Wow. Just because
3: it's... The whole idea of what he created, like, like you could just go to the scene when he visits Amanda Seyfried's character for the first time Uh and she's like up on that, like that block or whatever it is and and just the whole production of that and the cameras going by and the horses and it was pretty awesome.
5: You know, you know what would have locked it for this? If they at some point shot a scene that was like in the middle of a, 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 a scene from Citizen Kane being built. Uh, like the set, like if the set design oh, was a set design yeah. from Citizen Kane, it would yes. win. It would win so fast.
3: Yeah. I'm it surprised would. they didn't do that. Like the storage, The
5: storage scene from Citizen yeah. Kane where you see all his stuff. Well, if they had shot t- that, t- it ew. would game over. Um,
0: Gabe, we have sound mixing and sound editing here, but I think they've just been combined into one category.
5: You're correct, you're correct. Yeah. Okay. So this is just sound.
0: Uh Greyhound, Mank, News of the World. Soul and sound of metal, and I'm going sound of metal. Sound I'm also metal. going sound of metal, but it just lost some significant like sound. Like I thought, one of the bureaus for sound didn't pick it, but I think that I don't. Think it just
4: it just feels. I mean, just with what they do with you know, and it's it's much more than like you know, not to knock Greyhound, but it's much more than just really big explosions.
0: Oh, you can you knock know, Greyhound, not a good movie. I, I, I didn't dislike Greyhound. I thought I it, was, didn't. I was, it was fine. Yeah. It's totally forgettable. If I ask you two years from now what Greyhound is, you're gonna be like, Dude, you're no talking idea. to the
4: guy that's still talking about Larry Crown.
0: <laughs> Only because we mentioned it so often though.
3: Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> wait,
0: <laughs> repeat, wait, is right. this
3: I'm sorry what? I didn't know this. They combine the two sound categories? Yeah. They
0: did. And they cool. just call it sound now. Okay. Sound.
5: What's your, well, no, so, um, your picks just... to me again for sound? We're all
0: doing sound and metal. Sound of metal? Okay.
5: Yeah, I, I think one of the things,
3: and this is this is sounds this sounds really interesting to say this, but like sound of metal was so great that I got to a point where the sound design got so irritating, uh, and then towards the end, and then yeah. when he when he turns it off, it was like the most relaxing yeah. feeling I'd ever had, and I get yeah. that's a really hard thing he to sell agree. to an audience though. Like, do you know what I mean? Though, <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have a scene where the audience is gonna get irritable, like like about ba- ba- you know, it's pretty wild.
5: It would have been yeah. great to feel that in a the theater with a the crowd. Yeah. Yes. See,
0: this is the only. Th- I kind of wonder if the people watching it at home, who probably have better systems, appreciated sound of metal better. Because what if you're in a th- in a theater that doesn't care about its mix, right? It's almost like a 3D experience. Yeah, but you're talking
5: yeah. like those are some massive speakers in any theater. Yeah. I mean, you're right. There can be some really bad theater experiences, but like just on the the size of the speakers and the number of speakers alone, I think probably hard to beat at and, home. And that never got
3: theatrical. right? That was always Amazon, right? I right. think so.
5: Yeah. but it
4: did, um, it did premiere at TIFF in Tiff. 2019 so some people saw it on a big screen true yes
0: yeah. alright film editing uh, we have The Father Nomadland Promising Young Woman Sound of Metal and The Trial of the Chicago 7 film editing one more time The Father Nomadland Promising Young Woman Sound of Metal and the Trial of the Chicago 7.
4: I'm going Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, just because of the multiple timelines that goes back and forth, and and I feel like Sorkin dialogue lends itself to that rat-a-tat-tat of 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 editing.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go nomadland. Because I think this is one of those editing always predicts picture. Yeah, and that's
4: and and you're and that's a very uh, that's interesting. Very, very. Uh, you're right in that they do often go hand in hand.
3: Part of me wants to go promising young woman because of the just. Ooh, this could be, be a big category structured. for
4: us. I'm getting, woo, I'm getting <laughs> the but tingles.
3: actually, Sean convinced me. I'm gonna Damn go. It. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Nomadland because generally editing does connect oh. to, to, to picture. So
5: you guys got to be Chloe, careful with uh, your reasoning. Chloe too early. is
0: down as her; uh, she's down as the editor for, for film editing. So I can see them wanting to just sort of bestow. Who bestow her, Chloe Zhao is down as the editor for film editing. Chloe's the Chloe. editor.
5: Chloe Zhao. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh well, then she's definitely gonna win because she's gonna win director too. She's gonna have all, she she's gonna be like the Billie Eilish where she's gonna walk away with like five Grammys in like one night or five Oscars in one night.
0: And you listen, I, I think I mentioned this on the show. Like Michelle watched Nomadland uh, a couple of weekends ago, like on a Saturday morning. Uh, we came down, woke up early, came down. She saw it was on Hulu. Finally, she's like, "I'm gonna finally watch this. It's phenomenal. Like it's a really great movie." And I know that like we've been sort of. You know, traipsing through this this uh, award season, not getting super fired up about a lot of these films. Um, but even this morning, I was talking to Michelle about like the Oscars are coming, and I was like, I don't know, this is, these movies just don't have a lot of like passion for them. She's like, well, what's nominated? I'm like, Nomad Land. And she was like, that was beautiful. I was like, yeah, I know. But it's like, and then Minari, she's like, oh my God, that was beautiful, too. I was like, I, I know they're beautiful. I just don't really love them. But Nomad Land's fantastic. It's really, really great. So... This
4: could uh, be, a, this could be a, a, a distinguishing category for us. All right. I'm going Nomad
3: Land because Sean convinced me, just All to right. clarify that. There you go. Yeah.
0: All right, let's do a foreign language film. Hold on, let me get the number. It's international feature film, this year. Oh, thank you very much. Because I was looking for you know,
3: it. Y'all remember that amazing Alfonso Cuaron speech mm-hmm. where he's like, when Every I was growing film up. Is a... yeah. Yes. Yeah. Raiders yeah. and Jaws and was, right. in, was a foreign language movie. He,
5: I wonder if he convinced them to, that's what convinced them to change the... Name of the category. Because they were like, oh yeah, I guess this is kind of dumb. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that perspective blew my mind. Think about that for a second. Jaws yep. was a foreign language yeah, film to him.
5: Yep. Well, it's foreign cool. is relative. That's the problem. Yeah, with exactly. The like that, that that
3: is the assumption that
4: like it's an American perspective, an American sure. English speaking perspective.
0: Well, Hollywood is the center of the film industry, is what they're trying to say. I don't know how accurate that is anymore, though. It's still pretty close to being the center of the film industry, but Things are happening. What that all over the mean I'm gonna say, aren't, aren't
4: a majority yeah. of the highest-grossing films of the year China, like in, for China. coming from China?
0: Like, yeah, Chinese films made in China. Yeah, you
5: can't uh, get the highest-grossing film of the year without marketing to China. That's nope. for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Correct. Isn't that yeah. why when when Avatar just opened back up again for like two, two weeks, it just opened in China, right? Yeah. Did you oh, yeah. Did
5: you guys see the um, the see technical Avatar issues again? that they ran yeah. into no. with that? No. No. I read so they had this huge issue where a bunch of people had to get their tickets refunded because they, I think it was avatar or was it Harry Potter? It might've been I Harry sort of Potter. God,
4: if it goes back down below in game because of <laughs> I the, think it was Harry <laughs> Potter. I'm going to
5: check out. <laughs> I, I think it was Harry Potter, not, not avatar. Cause they recently did a re-release of Harry Potter. And, um, apparently like the projectionists and like the theaters were so rusty and the, uh, there was a delay in shipment of like their digital, um, uh, uh DCPs, digital cinema packages, basically like reels of film, but digitally
0: um you're making kevin's skin crawl <laughs> that they didn't they didn't have the movies
5: ready for like when the showing was because they were like opening back up and so they had to refund a bunch of tickets it was a big bummer big bummer they were like yay back in theaters and then they were like actually we don't have the movies <laughs> it's like such a sad start
0: you know but that never happens with a film reel
5: <laughs> i mean it does read
0: it through the machine and, and you're ready <laughs> well to no, go. no
5: no they they literally didn't physically have it like it's as if the film reel didn't get shipped yeah, they didn't yeah. have, like, the, the hard drive. Now it's on a hard drive now. yeah. You know, I,
0: I remember, you I've been doing this long enough that I used to get to a theater uh, that we have here in Charlotte, the Manor. Actually, I'm sorry, now it's gone. It was a two-screen independent theater, and they would do press screenings, daytime press screenings there. <clears throat> and if the reels didn't come in time, uh, the projectionist didn't have time to thread them together and to connect them. So we had to often wait, like, an hour or two as he completed threading, and none of us cared. We were happy to get... Happy to go yeah. to press screenings on film, and then now that doesn't happen anymore. Okay. Anyway, best international film. We are way way off. Uh, from Denmark, another round with Mads Mikkelsen. From Hong Kong, Better Days. From Romania, Collective. From Tunisia, The Man Who Sold His Skin, and from Bosnia and Herzegovina, Hovadis Aida. I'm just
4: believe, going. to I believe that's round. meant to be a question
0: it is kovadis aida (laughs) kovadis aida
4: Um, i'm also going another another round round. because that seems to be like the
0: you know yeah so the other night that's on hulu now um and i started to watch it because i was like this guy got best director like it must be Mm -hmm. uh, let's give it a shot i made it through 15 minutes and i was like it's not Not that it's not that it's, (laughs) it's not bad but it didn't hook me in any way, shape or form. And I'm not quite sure why he got best director. I kind of figured in the first 15 minutes, I would at least be like, Oh, well I, at least I understand why it's no, nothing, nothing, nothing really got me. So, uh, best documentary feature. Wait, what, what's
3: your choice for?
0: I went another round. Also. Yeah, we all did another round. I think all of us went. All, all right. right. Documentary feature. Uh, collective by Alexander Nanu and Bianca Owana. Crip camp by Nicole Noonan. Jim Lebrecht and Sarah Boulder. The Mole Agent by Matey Alberti and Marcella Santabanes. The Mole Agent. My Octopus Teacher by Pippi Erlock, James Reed, and Craig Foster. And Time by Garrett Bradley, Lauren De- Domino, De- yeah, Lauren Domino, and Kellen Quinn. I'm going I'm, time.
4: I'm going, okay, you're going time? I'm going time. I'm going My Octopus Teacher because I saw it and it's lovely. I'll go Collective.
0: Oh, I swear to God, if this ends up being the category. (laughs) All right, let's get, uh, let's get crazy now.
3: You ready? Let's get crazy.
0: Let's have some fun. Cinematography.
3: Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's there, if Hoyt Ben Hoyt is not on this list, there's no. He's not there. Yeah, let's just skip the category. No, I'm just
0: <laughs> uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Sean Bobbitt. Mank, Eric Messerschmidt. News of the World, Darius Wolski. Nomad Land, Joshua James Richards. Mm. And the Trial of the Chicago Seven, and Papa Michael. <sighs> Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomad Land, Trial of Chicago Seven.
3: I'm gonna go with Mank on this, even though I'm worried Nomad Land will win. That's 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 my concern is Nomad
4: Land has those big kind of like you know sunset sweeping Americana shots. Mank, you know, has the black <sighs> and white, gorgeous, the shadows, the lighting.
3: I'm Sean, gonna go Mank. Doing?
0: The correct think... answer here is news of the world. To be honest with you. News of the world is gorgeous. But I,
3: I, I'm I'm stuck. I think nomad, I, I'm I'm worried. Nomadland right, will win, but I'm going to throw Make in there because I just think Make is the definition of cinematography, even though it's digital. But yeah,
0: I'm going News of the World. I'm going with my heart. I'm going Nomadland. Cool. I think we can all agree that trial doesn't belong here. Trial is a no. fantastic movie, I'm but there's saying, nothing I'm, special. I'm trying
4: about to think of. It. It, I'm trying to think of like the shots in, in that.
0: <laughs> it looks digital. I mean, it looks like a Netflix movie. And I don't mean that in any offense because Mank is a Netflix movie also. Netflix yeah. movies can look fantastic, but it, it does not look... Like, I had no clue that this was even a cinematography Oscar nominee. So, Who's the yeah. DP for uh, Trial? Uh, his name is Feedin' Papa Michael. I have mm. no clue what he's done prior to Not this. familiar.
3: I wonder if he shot Molly's Game. I don't know.
0: Maybe. All right, original screenplay. Writing, original screenplay. All right, ready? Yep. Judas and the Black Messiah. Minari Promising Young Woman Sound of Metal and The Trial of Chicago 7
3: Promising Young Woman Correct I, I agree
4: also. If anything I, I was thinking about how that category tends to be like the cool hip category in the same way that Quentin won it all those years ago for Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. um, so I think uh, yeah I think I think Emerald beats out uh, Sorkin
3: Yeah It's also and a phenomenal I, script by
4: the
0: way it's a I fantastic don't... script. And this is the like, they'll give her this and they won't feel like they have to give her anything else. Unfortunately.
3: Yeah. I'll tell you right now that movie. So I've really grown to love promise of a young woman even more than I did the, from the first time I saw it. And I've been watching, I've probably seen it five, six times now. And the writing in that film is astounding. If you think about, remember uh, as the film goes on, then she starts hitting you with the chapters. Then you get Allison Brie, Connie Nielsen or the Connie yep. Britton. Then you get hmm. Alfred Molina, the way those scenes are structured and written it's like it's it's like she's going in for battle yep and she's just like the way molina like when he gets his like forgiveness from her Mm -hmm. it's just you feel it's such an immersive movie I, i i actually think soundtrack wise i got that on vinyl emerald is like using soundtrack the way tarantino does that's how good her song that, choices um, are. That wow.
4: instrumental wow. version of uh, the
3: Britney, Britney Spears' "Toxic" is fantastic. Dude, the opening with the boys' track, and then as the film goes on, the Paris Hilton song that they sing together. I mean, like the it is. I hate uh, how catchy I think that song is. I know, I know. I I've been. I honestly the and Paris Hilton. I was thinking, yeah, the, the Paris Hilton Hilton one of... where
4: they're dancing in the pharmacy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I, I, was, I was watching that movie the other day, and I put the soundtrack on vinyl, and I said to myself, like, I think she's, she's like, approaching the way Quentin uses it's music. Way it's, it's, it's way no, too early. It's very good. Way too early.
0: No, no, no. no but, I know, but she's got to do it a couple of times.
3: I know, but Tarantino, you know, he knocked out the park in his first, second movie.
0: For sure, yes. Dogs and, and Pulp. I think she, it appears to be very, very talented. I want to see her do it over a couple of
3: films. I just think it's, a, I think, I think she, I, I can already see it. I, she's showing me a lot of promise. No pun intended. Like genuinely. Uh, like
0: jeez. Like am out the show.
3: Like I genuinely think she's a phenomenal <laughs> filmmaker. I don't, I don't, I don't even mean that. You think as she's like a, a
0: promising young woman, Kev? I
3: don't even mean that as like a, a, a pun on the title. It's just genuinely, <laughs> I think she's a great director. I really yes. do.
0: And I think she's going to get screenplay. And unfortunately, that will be her biggest win of the evening. All right, let's get to uh, adapted screenplay Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. The Father, Nomad Land, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger.
3: This is adapted?
0: Adapted screenplay. Yeah. You have Borat, The Father, Nomad Land, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger.
3: This is an interesting one. I'm I'm between two. I'll let you guys go first. I'm, I'm going, going Nomadland.
0: I'm going what? I'm going Borat. What? No. I'm going Borat. No way. I am going Borat. <laughs> okay, with all due respect, and
4: obviously we all three of us are fans of Borat. There's there's not much of a screenplay there.
0: Mm, I'd argue that there's more than you think.
3: It's a, it's very structured. So the the reason why it's nominated is because. As the film was written and produced and filmed, like you're changing along the way and like you're rewriting and like and like they have to build a story. I mean, it's kind of a I guess the script would be more of like um I don't know what you would call, like a hybrid script where it was like it was it was being written as I don't know, it's pretty interesting how that movie was. It definitely
0: Ah. has improv to it. You know, the, uh, because they have to react to what people are saying. Yeah. Well I think it would be
4: really cool if it won. Were so because I would I would like to see Sasha Baron Cohen win an Oscar for something involved with the character of Borat. I think it would be really cool if he won. I wouldn't be mad about it. I just don't think it I, I think it's I think it's going to clear. I, I think it's Nomad to, Land.
0: I actually have to back... I gotta backpedal. I'm sorry. I know I said Borat, but I'm changing. I think one night Miami's gonna take it. I think Ken Powers oh. gets
3: it. Okay, this is where I'm at too. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm, Ken I'm, Powers I'm, might get it. I'm on the Kemp Powers bandwagon. I'm I'm all in on Kemp Powers now. Like I, I, I love. I he's love directing Spider Verse too. I, I know, and he's I'm one like, of the
0: co-directors. One of the co-directors.
3: He's one of the three directors. Like that name made me excited for Spider Verse. Um, yep. Kemp Powers had an amazing year. I want to give him a shout out because he not only adapted his own screenplay from One Night in Miami into the film we saw. He also co-directed Soul. Um, I do. This is an interesting qu- uh, category. I'm in between Nomadland and, and, um, I know, one night in Miami. I'm trying to think of where I want to go with this. I,
1: no, my, my, my,
3: my gut tells me, my gut tells me Nomadland, but I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Miami.
4: <gasps> oh, we got a race. Actually, All wait right. a second.
3: No! He,
0: <laughs>
3: he adapted his own his own
5: screenplay.
0: His own Pulitzer Prize-winning screenplay, I want to say. So stage anybody... play.
5: It stage yeah, play.
0: stage play. Pulitzer pl- Prize-winning stage play.
5: Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Jesus, I'll Gabe, check. what
0: are we doing here?
5: Sorry, I left my encyclopedia <laughs> brain. <bringing. laughs> wait. Yeah, I, I don't know what it won,
3: but I do wonder... Has anybody ever won a, a screenplay Oscar for adapting their own they, material?
0: Well, I don't know I if that matters.
3: Have, but if it existed already,
0: what about Fences? Did Fences win? Screenplay? Fences?
3: I don't know. Probably not. But
0: it doesn't matter. It's a tremendous screenplay.
3: Great screenplay. Um, I'm gonna go. This could be one, the make or break. One night, I may mean, I'll stay with it.
0: All right. I'll stay wow. with it. Wow, Gabe, did you find out what it won? I I did Frank. not. I did not find Jesus. that. I'm looking.
4: So, so, up. so two Miamis and one Nomadland.
0: Uh do we need to do animated feature? Is anybody not going with Soul? No, no. All right, supporting actress. Hold on, let me pull up the nominees. Actress in a supporting role, Maria Bakalova for Borat. Glenn
3: Close. <laughs> 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 Isn't <think> that funny? <laughs> Glenn Close for Hillbilly LG. <laughs> oh God, Olivia
0: <laughs> Coleman for the father. Amanda Seifried for Mank and Yu Jung Yuan for Minari. Minari.
3: Oh. I'm also going Minari. You're probably right. You're probably right. Her performance is amazing, by the way. 100%. And I I think Bakalova deserves it. It's just not going to happen. Unfortunately. I agree.
0: You guys are not going to believe this.
3: But I, oh, no. th- I think this is the year that Glenn Close <laughs> Okay, I gotta
4: say, okay, you're laughing. I, think, I would I love it. Like, Glenn wins. Close deserves a freaking Oscar. Sure. Absolutely. And I would not be mad <laughs> if she won. Is Does this she the movie she should have won No.
0: Not for this part. <laughs> Memo.
3: <laughs> okay. Right. I She's not, not bad really in the good. movie, dude. She's not bad in the movie. She's great in the movie. It's a great performance. I no joke. And it's the closest that
4: we're ever going to get to someone winning an Oscar for a Terminator film. The Glenn closest.
0: (laughs) 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 All right, I'm picking it just to pick it. (laughs) Hillbillyology.
4: Should we watch Human Safety again? What are your picks? Uh, I'm going Minari.
3: Minari.
0: Oh, she's won everything up to this point, too. No, she's stick
3: won- with your gut, brother. Sean, Sean. Oh, I'm not, not changing it.
0: No, 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 I'm not changing it. <laughs> I'm saying this is what happens to Glenn Close. She gets so close and then loses at the last minute. Uh, actor in a supporting role. Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy for The Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and mm-hmm. the Black Messiah
4: kaluuya maybe maybe the maybe the um biggest lock of the acting categories but no d- definitively the e- the biggest lock of the acting categories
3: uh, i don't think also he, yeah
0: you think so too kev you're on. yeah kaluuya?
3: no i, was, I, I think there's a bigger lock than him though but it's we'll get to that
4: which is interesting because i don't i think what you think why don't we but wait we i don't there? think it says okay because i'm ready to talk about it now
0: well first we have to do actress in a leading role which is to me
4: oh this is Kaluuya for all of
0: us (laughs) Kaluuya for actress Uh, Viola Davis supporting actor damn yeah 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 yes this Um, category man wait we all picked Kaluuya do we all have Kaluuya is that right yeah actress in a leading role Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Andre Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman Francis McDormand for Nomadland and Carrie Mulligan promising young woman
3: okay so okay. this is the i think we should all write down what we think is going to win here without having a conversation about it first is to see where we're all at do you want to so put we'll,
4: it in the, in, the, in the chat and then we so all we enter at the
3: same time okay that's I'm not, that's, that's bad. way to that's do normal. Normal. Like tv though but how that's about I don't even,
0: how about i don't even know
3: yet <laughs> does anybody have a I, pen and paper everyone have a pen I, and paper i got i got
4: pen i, got, I don't have paper I got, right, I got some... my I got I got a notes on my
3: this is this is great podcast no it's fine dude it's, this is this is this is the big this is the big thing alright everyone write down because well, I, I want to see where we're at without swaying each other right. shout out to Sway by the way I listen to your show all the time alright here we go
5: alright
3: alright here let me think here alright
5: so when you, people when do you listen to, this, to Sway alright tell me, tell uh, me uh, when, I listen to Sway on serious. no I was say when in the morning Sway in the morning oh in the morning <laughs> <laughs> That's very really good then. Alright, <laughs> I good. have
0: my pick, I think.
5: Um, I have mine as well.
3: Alright, hold on a second. Alright, so we got give me the five one more time.
0: <laughs> Oyola Davis, Andre Day, Vanessa Kirby, Francis McDormand, and Carrie Mulligan.
5: Alright, will be three two one? Wait, I'm, I don't have them? mine written down yet.
3: I'm still, oh my god, this oh is my, your idea! I know, I'm still, deci- I'm still deciding. <laughs> it's not um, easy. It's not easy. This is it's not,
4: not easy. And I'm, and I'm, even though I'm picking it, I'm like weirdly feeling like I'm wrong. Yeah. Is the caveat here say, that whoever same. you same.
5: write down is locked? You can't change it. Is that what we're trying to do here? Well, or no, is I, I guess
0: we could change it because all we're saying is where we are at in this moment right
3: now. I want to know where I we are I all at. Well, you have to decide where you're at. I'm telling you where I'm at. Okay, here we go. Just write down where you're at. And I, but I, I keep
4: think, I like I keep, want... I keep looking at this name, and I was, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I, do, I think this is actually going to happen.
0: I don't want this. <laughs> You're right, Glenn Close.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Larry Crowe. I'm probably going to change this, but this is what right, I'm at right three, now. Three,
0: two, one. Francis, what do you Francis, Carry Mulligan, Norman. All right, two Francis's and a Carry.
4: Interesting. Uh,
0: See, I think is, the one that could steal it is Viola Davis. That, I would say,
4: I, I'm between Carrie and Viola
3: Davis. I'm between Carrie and Viola. Mulligan and But the thing is, is, I feel
4: like we've been talking a lot about Carrie this entire award season, mm-hmm. but aside from Critics' Choice, she hasn't won anything else, and that's what, that's what concerns me, is that we mm-hmm. keep saying she's the frontrunner, and she keeps losing.
3: Okay, I have, a, I have a question. I want us, before we move on, I want us to lock in our picks – and then I want Gabe to look up who the technical frontrunner is right now via Gold Derby and IndieWire. Oh, I want to know. Okay. So oh, that's right, gonna make that, me ah. Oh, that's no, because that, oh. okay, we well, to But okay, but we have to lock. We have to lock. We have to
0: lock in first. We have to lock we in. We have to
3: lock in. because no, this is because they're yeah. All right. So I haven't right. looked at any of this stuff yet. So
0: I am gonna say that SAG is the definitive uh, indicator, and they went with Viola Davis, and I'm gonna go with Viola Davis.
3: I when was going... last time Viola Davis won? For fences,
4: but here's the deal: she's won SAG before and lost at the Oscars.
0: Hasn't she won? She's won SAG like either like every time she's yeah. been nominated or like a ridiculous number at of the times Oscars. in a row.
4: Um, so yeah. I, I, I because of saying. that, I'm going to go. I'm going with <clears throat> Carrie. I'm going to lock in with Carrie. Also, because I genuinely really want her to win, so I don't yeah. want to.
0: Um, but that has nothing to do with it. I know, but it, but it
3: makes the the, the viewing it's experience emotional. Federal. Yeah. let me
0: ask a question of these five women who do you honestly think gives the best performance
3: Carrie Mulligan
0: yeah I think it might be Francis
4: I think it might be Viola Dang.
3: so if we were voting I mean, but
4: then again I've also been on the record as saying I think Viola
3: is better than Chadwick and Ma Rainey See, I, I would I agree don't... with
0: that i actually agree with that
3: i couldn't disagree with that more no 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 offense <laughs> you've been like... on
0: Ch- Chadwick's bandwagon from the minute you saw that movie Blew you came out mind. of that movie and you said
3: unbelievable yeah, he
0: has to
4: overcompensate for his uh star is born bradley cooper's definitely winning best actor hey he
3: deserved Six it. deserves it. Oh, well, he, he absolutely deserved, deserved it, it. Yeah, deserved he absolutely, it. It. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. deserved it that yeah. was messed i watched up. that movie is that the year uh recently.
4: rami Malik won yes
3: yes, yes. Ah! <laughs> Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that horrible? <laughs> now wait, I love. I mean, Bohemian the fact that Rhapsody. Robbie Malik no, won an Oscar
4: movie. and and uh, and what's his name didn't win or didn't even get nominated for Rocket Man is astounding. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, That's I think Bohemian is better than Rocket Man. No, no it's
5: not.
3: sir. I do. No,
4: I
5: do. sir. Don't you I think? Do. Don't you think he didn't get nominated because it was another musical biopic. Yes. Except for the fact that he actually sang. He actually sang. I yes. totally agree, but that's not how the Oscars work. They go with a they're on feeling. The Oscars are a as, feeling. As and also Bohemian Rhapsody did incredibly well at the
4: box office, which <laughs> is a, a
3: major factor. As somebody who would prefer the person to be really singing, uh I think Rami's performance is better. I think God. he became Freddie Mercury. I think Ooh. he I, yeah.
5: Let's. Uh, we need two more lock-ins for this year.
0: Wait, have we? Lo- has anyone locked in?
5: I locked in Jake. Carrie. Did right. you? I- yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with
3: Jake on this because oh, yes. it's it's a feeling that she deserves it. While I think McDormand could sneak in and take it, I'm just Mulligan's performance is where I'm vibing right now. Now, the, the reason why I pulled this up, this is who I think is gonna win, McDormand, but I'm gonna push myself a little further and go with Mulligan only because I want it to win so bad. Like Jake said, I feel the same way. Sean?
0: This one is so hard.
5: You <laughs> wanna pick uh, Glenn Close again? Glenn Close? Double down?
0: I will also go carry Mulligan.
3: Wow! Oh, wow. Alright, um, right. But, but uh,
0: here's my reason for it. Um, I don't think, and I think this still matters. I don't think France has pushed hard this campaign season at all. I think she truly just felt like she's not, she doesn't want it. She's not in it. She doesn't. And I think there are enough people who are like, they look down on that. Mm-hmm. Not that she, not that I think she has to campaign. I don't think she should have to play the game, but, but people do consider that a factor. Um, and I think with Ma Rainey, they might argue that that's as much of a two horse race, a two, you know, a two person show. Because both of them are great, whereas "Promising a Woman" is all Carrie. Like she's mm-hmm. just she. That's an so interesting. I'll go, I'll yeah, go with that's a great.
4: Thing. That's a really
5: great
0: point. I'll go with Carrie for that reason, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about that. At all.
5: all right, we're locked uh, in. All right. right, let's see what do we have. Uh, left? Gold Derby has. Oh wait, yeah, we're right, officially
4: right. locked in. So oh, wait, all three of us went Carrie.
5: Yeah.
4: Yes. So, so it's a category that not that it doesn't matter, but in the grand scheme of our competition, it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's moot. Okay. Right. Um,
5: Carrie Mulligan is the uh, uh, favorite
3: really oh, that surprises me all right for gold derby what, what about indy wire uh, i I, really, th- I didn't look i that really up. thought that um viola davis would be the gold derby favorite i want to know what indy wire says I, I honestly would have I, I would have told you the same thing if i had to guess the gold derby favorite it would have been viola davis
0: okay i think uh, we can uh, rip through these last three categories pretty easily okay um, I,
4: there's like there is a comment i would like to say about best actor
0: okay actor so let, Which, let me read them riz Ahmed sure sure, sure. Chadwick Boseman Anthony Hopkins Gary Oldman and Stephen Yin
4: okay I, I would imagine that we're all going Chadwick that being said there is a growing sound in the distance okay of an upset and for a lot it? of people oh, think Anthony no, for Anthony Hopkins Hopkins um there you know and you know and him winning the BAFTA really kind of spurred that going again I don't think it's going to happen um but I also think that I, I want to be on the record that like people are are saying I'm not I'm not brave enough to pick him. I'm still going Chadwick. Um yeah. but and, and also you know I personally think that Hopkins was better than Chadwick Bozeman was.
0: Yeah, but I think that a lot of times the Academy loves a story and yes. re- awarding Chadwick posthumously sure. is
3: But a- see, I would argue that he doesn't deserve it for that. He deserves it for the performance. Correct. Alone. Right, like, Correct. And like for same sure. thing with Heath Ledger. Like, but uh, to your point, yes. I, I, I just would hope that people wouldn't pick it for that reason. I hope they pick it because it's generally the actual best performance of the year from an actor. And I, I but but you're right. There's a sense of the emotional connection to it. Him being, you know, him passing away. But if
0: I were that, giving it to the best performance in that category, though, it's Riz Ahmed. I think Riz Ahmed gave the best performance in that category.
3: Ahmed's amazing and I actually what's funny about Riz Ahmed is I feel like I you know when people say it's just an honor to be nominated I guarantee you it's how he feels. I sure. actually think he's genuinely just honored to be nominated. Like like Probably. that performance is unbelievable but Riz Ahmed like you know before you know we know who he is but like that's awesome that he's even that he's in the game now because he's yeah. a great actor and sound of metal gave him the opportunity to be nominated and now his name is like even bigger to people which is
5: great you make so. a movie
0: like that and you expect to get like indie spirit award right attention you know it, but it, you don't yeah. try is that be- kind
5: of the nature of uh, not to discredit any of these films but is that kind of the nature of this year though that a it's a it had a lot better chance Because I felt the same way, that it felt like it was more this is something the Oscars would overlook, even though it's fantastic. But you didn't
0: have the West Side stories of the world and the bigger studio dogs
5: sending movies to, you know. Which is, I think is great because this movie deserves it. It's amazing. So So we're all locked on
1: Chadwick.
0: We're all locked on Chadwick. Uh, Director, is anybody going outside of Chloe? No. Give me the list. Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung, minari chloe xiao for nomadland and emerald Fennell for promising a woman good for emerald
3: getting in there ah oh, i'd love for her to win chloe kevin yeah i was like kevin I know. come on I man, know, man. I, know, I, know, I know i
0: know okay so this brings up the interesting conversation on picture is will this be a year where director and picture split if everybody sort of agrees that chloe is the front runner for director she's literally taken every single award leading up to it, including DGA. Could another film uh, get enough attention and love to split some votes and pull some stuff away? So here's who's up for picture. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven.
4: I think the only movie that has a chance to take it, not even a chance, but, like, if there were going to be one to take it from Nomadland would be Trial of the Chicago 7, just because it's, it's a very safe, middle-of-the-road kind of the road movie. That being mm-hmm. said, I don't think anything derails Nomadland at this point, so I'm i am locking in with Nomadland.
3: See, i I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of a Judas feeling. Ooh.
5: Like you're gonna what? betray your friends? Like you? Gonna... <laughs> no, no, I mean, no! I'm not. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Not... Is Sean
3: the Black Messiah? <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Um, Certainly this not. This is Game. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm starting to get a Judas vibe. I would have felt please, differently. Please vote
4: for Judas and the Black Messiah.
0: And this is really funny because it doesn't even get nominated. But I almost feel like if Defy Bloods was in there, it would have had a better shot at disrupting Nomadland. And yet it doesn't even get in. Yeah. So I am also locking in at Nomadland.
4: I okay. I would have thought Ma Rainey's Black Bottom would would have a chance if it were nominated for Best Picture. Maybe because it's got. A, right. I think it's going to get a lot of production or like a lot of uh, below the line love. Potentially, I, I know we didn't vote for for actors, but potentially it could walk away with. Uh, actor and actress in theory given
0: the number of nominations that it did get
4: Mm -hmm. aren't you a little surprised it didn't get it didn't get picture
0: yes I'm very surprised not that I I think it deserves it I really don't I don't think it deserves it but like it has a lot of nominations
3: yeah I'll lock in with Nomad Land, but just mark my words that I'm it's feeling, it. Judas, I'm dude. feeling a Judas. little bit of a Judas, it's not gonna be Judas uprising here. I don't know why I'm feeling it, but I think Judas is
5: fantastic. Great movie. Tenet, no, I right? love,
4: I love, like Judas is gonna be on my top 10 list
0: for this year.
5: I just
3: um, feel like, I don't know, I, 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 I have a feeling, but I'm you know gonna lock Should have
0: my- been nominated Barb and Starr go to Vista Del
3: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Jamie Dornan. Should be nominated for an Oscar for that performance. Well, I hands. don't care what anyone wants to say. Performance is brilliant. I but love it's comedy. Boobies.
0: I love Boobies. Absolutely deserves an original <laughs> song. <language. laughs> I mean, that's
3: that is a great song. It's <laughs> but again, it's too funny. It's too goofy. goofy. <laughs> it's immature, so it can't be nominated.
4: that right. song from
3: Eurovision is nominated. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, Eurovision's a little different. It's like <laughs> it's true. Eurovision, I can see. It's it's it's, it's it, like uh, now, you're splitting, now mm. you're splitting hairs. Now you're splitting hairs eurovision like i get it i get because the whole movie was about music and i, I get it i get it anyways barman stars is much fun barman stars outstanding film okay oh
0: let's those are our oscar picks uh we'll see how everybody does on sunday and then we'll do a wrap up on next week's show so let's get to this weekend movies and then get to the blend game
5: Gabe, did you want something to say else? oh i'm sorry quick yes. question
3: Gabe, Shoot. who is uh, the gold derby front runner for best picture uh, oh it's gotta be nomadland
5: uh best picture is nomadland and it's not even close
3: Is there is there a what's the second one um do they have like a like a uh, surprise what could be the surprise ne- or they like, have next to it,
5: judas <laughs> and the black messiah just well, says, Are you fucking kidding me it's not really <laughs> it's not really because it's so far away so they have i don't know what this number means minari? Does this mean- they have minari nomadland has a four to one odds Trial of the Chicago seven has eleven to two odds. Okay. Mm-hmm. So trial is the trial is but the But it's, clo- like it's not even close like it's not like a close second. It's yeah. it still would be an upset. It's not like, oh, that was the second one. That would mean if
0: our picks are even remotely Which close, would be trial terrible would choice. get zero. Trial would get zero not,
3: zero wins. Yeah. Well trial's yeah. not trial's not, not a best great. Picture. It was good, but it wasn't great. No, it's it's it's, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah it's fine. It's cheese better pizza. Than all it's, right. No, it's, it's better cheese pizza. You, know right. you know what to use Jake's words? Cheese pizza. It's trial he definitely, he definitely pizza. It feels
5: like Sorkin wrote a, a courtroom drama and he said, How can I fill in all the scenes that I've never put in a courtroom drama before? He said, <laughs> no, you guys
0: make, are no I'm gonna no, make no, the no, no, courtroom no. drama no. that's not it's, the usual courtroom. There are incredible performances
5: in that. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. I, I really Heed like that film. Keaton is amazing. Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen's
0: amazing. Frank Blachel is amazing. But it's Mark not right? like amazing. off
5: your feet. What a magnificent piece right. of art film.
3: We, Gabe and I like Trial. We just like don't it. love
5: Trial. All right. That's all. Certainly okay. don't love it.
3: I love Cheese Pizza. Uh, this weekend movies. Some, yeah.
0: There's a movie called Demon, Demon <laughs> Slayer the movie, Mugen Train uh, opening. And I have no clue what that is. Uh, so look it up if you would like it's to see It's animated, isn't, isn't it? you'd like to watch it. Sounds like it? Yes. Sounds very much like an anime film, yes. There's also an Ed Helms comedy coming out called Together Together. Uh, and we asked Ed Helms to come on the show, and he said no. So let's get some <laughs> more comments. <laughs> <homebacks. laughs> did he really? Yeah, he did. He passed on us.
3: Well, he didn't say no. His team said no, just to clarify. Well, I like there. to believe no, that it was Ed Helms him. actually the, said The him. end of the email said, thanks, Big Tuna. <laughs> big
5: Tuna. It was him. They did, they did one of those like
4: office
3: confessionals where he just
4: looks into the camera and
3: goes, <laughs> <laughs> by the way we do have to give a shout out i think i want to say lauren uh, uh the guy who shot joker lawrence sheer i think is the yes. zp uh, yeah. his, his i want to give him a shout out for one of the greatest shots in recent memory is, is oh. ed helms waking up in the Hangover, and the oh, camera—the camera's on him, and he—he's <laughs> just like walking, and, it, and like because he because re, Helms really removed his tooth for that scene. Like he had a, like he had like a something some dentist thing years ago, but that tooth—it's out—is really out, and like that camera is just attached to his body. Like uh, I guess one of the most famous versions of that shot would be like Marlon Wayans in Requiem for a Dream when he's running away from the cops. And I always cameras... think of um, it's yeah, not a, it's awesome.
4: particularly a great movie. But it, it's and I think I've only seen it one time. So I don't remember the context, but uh, Jonah Hill and get him to the Greek when he's like yes! out at a party. And I'll say he's
0: like, I'm alive. Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great shot. It's an amazing shot if they it off. Right. Anyway, so that's I know my I have uh,
0: a lot of hot takes on this show over the years. But oh, I, no. I kind of love Hangover 2.
3: I oh, think no, Hangover that, 2 is good. To Hangover 2 is an awful movie, Sean. Like it's. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Why? That, I mean, it's so bad. It's, it's oh. a rehash of the first one. It's not funny. It was... I like it more than three.: I like three better than two. way better. I actually liked kind of like three. Two is awful. No offense. I, 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 this of- is you and I, you and I have our own, like yeah. I love Die Hard three, and that's fine, but I think you two- like
5: threes more than two.: <laughs> I don't think anyone's thought this <laughs> hard about the hangover sequels it's well, time, time we did it
3: Gabe. hangover one is an outstanding film by the way it is it's a great it's a it's great, great detective film no it's, it's really a gen, fun. Yeah. it's a really but see i it's think very it's fun I, I think it's beyond fun though i think it was shot impeccably that movie was shot super cinematically it wasn't shot like a comedy you know you don't really ever see comedies that look like that like that movie looked incredible um i i actually can make a whole argument Another I think show two looks
0: great. I think the cinematography in two and the way the Philippines look is great.
3: I think the 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 cinematography in two is outstanding. I agree with yeah. you on that. All the movie right. wasn't good.
0: Let's get to Mortal Kombat. Jake, I want to turn this over to you because you're a big fan of this movie.
3: Uh, I without love spoiling,
0: movie. Yes. yeah, without spoiling anything, tell us why you love Mortal
4: Kombat. Uh, I so was fortunate enough to be able to see it on the big screen in a, in a, in a screen, so I got sort of the theatrical experience. Um, it was my first theatrical experience since Tenet. Uh, I just thought it was a lot of fun, um, you know. I, you know, a lot of times uh, when movies uh, are adapted from video games, I often complain, like, why don't they just follow the storyline? You know, like that's my biggest concern with like the upcoming upcoming Metal Gear Solid film, which is just like it's such a particular story, and if they veer from it, it really frustrates me. Like, just it's there, just copy mm. it, just follow it. And what I liked about Mortal Kombat is. They kind of did that, but like sort of a less like there's not a t- there's not a big story to Mortal Kombat. There's a general idea. There's a lore. There's a mythology, and they didn't try to overcomplicate it beyond that. Um, they, I thought the the way that they brought the fighters together was really interesting. Um, there's sort of this this transference of responsibility, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I thought the fights were were brutal and R-rated for a first-time director, who obviously we had on the show today. I thought some of the it was just very well-made. High quality um, I think sort of the the knock that I keep going back to because by this point I've seen the film a couple of times is that the second act like like the, so much of the film is like shot on location and it's like these beautiful shots the second act it, it looks like a set and it like it's sort of like second act is kind of they are the training sequence mm-hmm. and it looks like a studio set and they spend a lot of time there um, and I to save wish a they lot of could...
0: money I think they did it to save a lot of money
4: sure uh, it, but it, but you know it's i Went back and re-watched the 95 film, which I loved as a kid. Um, a PG-13 Mortal Kombat film, so it's very toned down. And look, it's a lot of fun, and the nostalgia factor is there for me. But it's not a particularly great film, and I have a hard time, and I know Kevin's going to say it, but I have a hard time truly with with anyone that looks at these two films and tells me the 95 film is better than this one. like this one is an infinitely better film. It's better made, it's better acted, the fights are better, it's more brutal. and uh, I am ready for I'm ready for part two already because because in a weird way correct me if I'm wrong, this almost feels like a prequel to more like it feels like
0: the prologue to mortal Kombat. yeah i can see that it, if that's the case it eliminates a couple of the main characters. like you brought up such a fascinating conversation uh topic with the director which is when you introduce these characters you have to eliminate half of them you know like
3: right.
0: half of them are never going to come back now i, I think it, this is a situation where like you know they can come up with any kind of way to bring characters back but it's not a movie that has like hard and fast uh you know roots in reality <laughs> like sure. it can do anything it <laughs> wants for number two we're not gonna be like wait a second
1: yeah. <laughs> that first yeah. Yeah. one. Yeah. You yeah. Did.
0: yeah. Come on now. Um, I liked this movie. Uh I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. I think it the one thing it suffers from is that it's made on the cheap. Like I think that they really tried to You to think it looks cheap? For that chunk in the middle. Okay. I think it looks I liked the beginning. Um when it gets to the training sequence, which takes about 30 to 45 minutes, uh, and everything takes place on that set. The longer we stayed there, the more I realized we're just killing time here because they have budget elsewhere. <laughs> um, and then I thought the back half of it, the last third of it was uh, was great. Like that's, I love the way that they come out. I won't reveal it here, but they come up with a very clever way, fun, a fun way to pair people off in one-on-one fights. Mm. And when those happen, I was like, okay, cool. This is the movie I'm kind of signed up for. And the, fight, the fighting is great. The choreography is really great. You get to see some really cool characters from the Mortal Kombat mythology go at each other. Um, I wish there was a little bit more of that because I do think that middle act is just we're spinning plates, you know, until we can get to what we want to get to. And so, if that's the case, if it sets up another movie, and and believe me, the final scene in this movie is very clearly uh, this is what we're going to do in part, in part two. Um, I I am more looking forward to what we're going to get to in that one. So,
3: you could just bring back all the characters literally and just call it Immortal Combat. Like literally, you could just literally bring them all back and do that. Um, you could. I like this film. I don't love this film. Um, the fights are incredible. I think it peaks in the beginning. The first scene, the first uh, scene between, I mean, this, this is out there already. It's it's between Sub-Zero and, it. and, Scorp- and Scorpion yeah. as as before they become who they become. Um, to me, that was the best scene in the whole movie. So like when that scene opened, I'm like, damn, this is awesome. And then the story kicked in and I'm just like, mm, not really into the story. Didn't really care for the, the particular, like, dialogue and the storylines and the characters. Um, But as they fought, I loved it. Uh, And so for me, it's an interesting balance where, like, you know, if Trial of the Chicago 7 is... This cheese pizza, this is hot pockets, right? I I I love Hot Pockets. They they, they heat up well and they satisfy me. But
4: you told me you like the ninety-five one better. Did you stay? Okay, but like the story of that is even like like, like someone just shows it's, up to Johnny Cage on set and it's like I, I, go to I that, like go to it. Hong Kong. And not only go to Hong Kong, go to Hong Kong by tonight. Go to I Hong Kong, think- go to LA to Hong Kong by tonight and get on this random ass <laughs> boat and just see where it takes you.
3: I like the practical effects in the first one. Um, ah. I, I thought the, I, here's the thing. I, I don't think the first Mortal Kombat is a masterpiece. I think, it's, I think it's like a fun movie I watched as a kid that I rewatched the other day as a 37 year old. I was like, this is still fun for me. I, listen, I like the new one. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, the fight scenes are incredible. They, they, the best shot in the entire film is in the trailer which is another thing i was like damn it i wish that wasn't ruined for me which is when sub-zero freezes the scorpion's blood then stabs him with it which is like the coolest fight scene in the whole film in my opinion aside from the beginning so i'll say this as somebody who is once i'm gonna drink some water i'm
0: gonna throw out too while kev's doing that um i don't like the kano character (laughs) And he's a lot I, of the movie. Thank you. The, yeah. no, I love the Kano, but I, he's like. But you're supposed to hate him. That's you're supposed exactly, to hate him, yes.
3: But you're not supposed but to be he, irritated by him. I'm like, irritated by him. There's a difference between hating a character as an audience member because it services the story versus like the character just getting on your nerves. Yeah. Like that, I compl- I'm completely with you. I thought the Kano character was way too over the top. Now. Going back, I played the game when I was a kid. I remember playing that game when I was living in my first neighborhood growing up. It was like a huge deal. So for me, the best uh thing about the movie were like some of the callbacks to playing the game. For example, there's a whole bit where like Kano makes fun of Liu Kang for doing the same swipe kick, and I was like, those are fun little things as as like as fans. You always had that friend who would c- click the same button over and over again, or the fatality and the finish him and all those lines. I thought Shang Tsung was really good in this, the, the character. They did, they did a good job mm-hmm. with the Shang, the Shang Tsung character. Joe Taslam.
0: Um, Lord, Lord Raiden is cool.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's some good. Lord Raiden was awesome in this. I, I still kind of like Lambert, except for that terrible wig he's wearing um, in in the '95 movie, or, or that uh, really bad laugh. You know, where he's like, like, <laughs> it's pretty bad, but I mean, I don't know. There's something campy about it. Um, I don't. I think I, I would recommend this film because I do think, as a Mortal Kombat fan, the fights alone are worth it. But there are some really long uh, pieces of the movie that are just like story I didn't care about. Kano being irrit- irritating. Um, I just didn't find his character to be interesting. I just found that to be annoying. But okay. overall, I think we all recommend it. And oh, yeah. if you see it in the theater, that would be great if you can safely. Um, mm-hmm. It does look and sound great at home, but that's definitely a theatrical film for sure. All right. Mortal
0: Kombat. Um, send us your reviews. If we want to hear from you guys about what you guys thought about Mortal Kombat. You can send it to us on social media or via email, blend at symbolblend.com. <laughs> While you're there, you can play with our weekly blend game, and this week we are celebrating legendary composer Michael Giacchino.
4: Did he was on the show
0: one time? Realized, yes, he was. You can go back to our YouTube channel and watch the Giacchino interview because he pulls a lot of props from amazing stuff that he worked on, including um, what we thought was the Eye of <laughs> Automoto. <laughs> turns out it's not the official of Moto. cleared up by scott derrickson on social media very quickly right. uh and a stormtrooper helmet and some other really cool stuff i realized while trying to come up with my pick for this that michael cicchino is my favorite composer of all time he is he has actually climbed into the spot of my favorite now, now jake why, why are you doing that like you can love another composer if you want to gabe you're not- i didn't say anything your face says everything like for people who want to watch the YouTube, you can. He's my favorite composer of all time. His work is unbelievable. Well, like, I hope he
4: works with Darren Aronofsky one day then.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> very saying, good. Oh, my God. He's incredible. Now, are you um, saying he's the best or is your favorite? No,
0: no, I'm saying he's my favorite composer oh, so then of all time. Can't okay. argue with
3: that. Yeah. I think okay. I mean,
0: uh, I'm going to I'll just go through the the list of things oh, that I we know. Mentioned we to, dude,
3: we all yeah. love Jakino, man. We're yeah. all we're all in on it.
0: I mean, even out, just even outside of his Pixar work, he's done incredible, incredible. Like I think his Mission Impossible scores make those yeah. movies better. He's I great. think well, obviously, I think he did a tremendous job on the Spider-Man franchise. But my pick, the score of his that makes me so excited every time I hear it, um, I put it above some of the the most iconic scores of all time that that you guys could rattle off from your don williams's and and the like is his 2009 star trek theme i I think his work on star trek is unbelievably great and i think i love those movies more because of the music like i think they're fun i think jj directs the hell out of them and i think the casting is phenomenal but jacquino score is it's a beautiful score
3: Oh, that theme, that
0: da,
4: da, 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 da. I don't, I don't know why I'm trying to do it, but it's, you know, that is, right. Amazing,
0: it's amazing. Even just like when you, he does a horn version of it, and it's very subtle, and it's, oh god, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I had to, even though he's he's done a Spider-Man score, which I love, um, and obviously anything you could pick from his Pixar work, he did Rogue One. I mean, he's he's a genius. He's a genius. But I had to go with Star Trek 2009. I just think it's. I think it's unbelievable.
3: So. I'll just piggyback off that because I had the same choice and oh, it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I completely agree with you. I th- I think his music actually makes the movie better. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I told us on the show before, so I'll just keep it simple. Um, the reason why I chose that is because of the opening. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chris Hemsworth sequence, the self-sacrifice the, the lowering of the sound and mm. just having the beautiful score play as his wife is giving birth to, you know, Chris Pine's character, Kirk. And so I, I, I that scene is, I, I think, one of the greatest moments of of score to picture I've ever seen in cinema. Mm. Like, no question. That's one of my favorite moments and gabe's smiling but i genuinely that it it, it
0: literally no, not, i'm not smiling about that i'm sorry oh uh, is it the ice because i took a drink of an ice
5: it's no my no audio? the you pause when you said she's giving birth to chris pine and i was like wait what uh, yeah, chris, <laughs> was, chris, i was chris chris
3: character yeah um no but i genuinely i genuinely believe that's one of my favorite uses of score i've I've ever seen in a film um and obviously jj gets credit for that too and kind of how he designed that scene and kind of the way that scene is orchestrated but that theme as the the motion on screen compared to the music that's playing it's in perfect sync it's like perfectly meant it was meant for that moment, um, and as you said, like that that theme that keeps playing throughout the film, just on the horn, whatever, um, the simplest, the simple version of it. Then you have the epic version of it. Um, yeah. It's it, it honestly is one of the reasons why I may have become a Star Trek fan was because of that film and that music and those characters and what JJ did. Even though I didn't love Darkness. I still was... I was so astounded by that film. I I I walked out of that movie going, wait, why did I love that so much? Yep. And I remember, like... I remember Giacchino, I had a radio show and he called in when he was on the... He was on the soundstage for Land of the Lost and I had him on for Trek. And we just, you know, we talked about that in the opening scene. Like, he's one of the greatest of all time. I agree with you. He's phenomenal. Um, Yeah. I don't know, G- Ludwig and... I, I really miss Johan Johansson. I really <laughs> miss his his music um because he passed away but there's a lot of people out there. That well I mean.
0: Zimmer. I thought you'd go Zimmer, but
3: Zimmer's great I, I don't know, Ludwig man. I mean that tenant score. Whew All right. Jake um, did you pick Land of the Lost? He did. Close. <laughs> uh, oh, you I'm gonna pick Lost. I'm gonna
4: cheat and I am picking Lost. Um yeah. and I know it's a series, now that kinda kinda goes against but but his work on that show, uh, so many individual beautiful themes uh and but I was sitting here trying to rack my brain and I really genuinely think that he he his last piece of music on the show which is a piece called Moving On is I think genuinely the only score that can actually make me cry. Like where if I'm sitting here and someone across the room puts on the vinyl puts it on that track, I will start to like well up. Um and that's that's power. That's fucking power. Um and and just the idea that a piece of music and have that kind of power. I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a beautiful work, but also like he did six years worth of, of, you know, themes that, that had to capture multiple characters and multiple timelines and, and sort of this mystical mythical world, but also this very realistic kind of world. And, uh, but it all boils down to, uh, the final piece of music and the, the final 90 seconds of that show, which is just,
0: did you get to talk a... to uh, him about that on our on mm-hmm. our Real Blend podcast? Yep, yep, I did. I did.
4: <laughs> yes, I know you did. And, then, and he brought and he brought <laughs> us the, um, the, uh, the 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 heroin filled Virgin Mary statue.
0: Oh, that's right. He did. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and listening back to a lot of his stuff too. I know some because uh, Michelle Garris says Up. Obviously, that opening suite for Up yeah. is unbelievable uh gregory Voigt went with inside out when i heard his score for inside out just in trying to listen back through the things that made me start to well up like i think inside out is such a beautiful film and it's a lot of it's because of his music his pixar his pixar work is is uh unparalleled because michael cayman's and john palmer went with the incredibles adam frazier picked rogue one uh kimberly sue went with ratatouille Smoke and Rose went with Lost and Gabe says he will allow it. Robert Schrute went with uh, Doctor Strange, which I almost thought Kevin might pick.
3: Oh, that's a great score. That's a great score. Oh, I forgot about his Doctor Strange score. And Christian Black yeah. picked
0: uh, Star Trek 2009. So a lot of love across the filmography of Michael Cicchino. Uh For next week, reach out on Twitter using hashtag EdgarWrightBlend. And let oh. us know your pick.
1: For Edgar's wow. film,
0: uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the Worlds, coming back to theaters. And cheap plug, we have a exclusive interview with Edgar. Which,
4: great, great, great get, by the way. I, I was talking to uh, Mike Reyes, uh, a great interviewer for Cinema Blend, in one of yep. the Junk and Hospitality Suites yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and was just saying, one, what a great pairing of interviewer and interviewee. Yes. Uh, and I just felt like it was a really great Mike. pairing. And, I mean, the, the second that I heard that you guys were doing that, one, I was jealous for not thinking of doing it myself. Uh, and two, uh, I, I just instantly thought, God, I'm excited for the interview, both because of the subject, because of the person being interviewed, but also the person doing the interview. Um, yeah. if, you, if, if you've never seen a Mike Reyes interview, uh, he's genuinely one of the most uh, genuine and enthusiastic and knowledgeable film fans, I think, uh, it, out there who, who works in this industry. Um, and, and his work is, is incredible. And uh, you guys are, are very lucky to
0: have him over at Blend. There you go. I agree. Also one of
4: the best-dressed men oh, he in the industry it.
0: yeah he crushes it i'll send him to certain things just because i know he's gonna bring his like we we got a chance to go to um brana's death on the nile mm-hmm. and it was like a, a set visit to the carnage. he looks like, like he should be in that movie exactly like that's <laughs> yeah. that's the thing he brought clothes that made him look like he would fit perfectly love for it that. they should cgi him over army they really- Hammer. Oh, oh, I forgot he's in that movie. He's a big part of that movie, yes. That's a significant problem. Uh, reviews. We have a review this week, and uh, Kevin's going to have some work to do at the end of this one. We'll tell you why, because this person writes, uh, Dear Sean, Kevin, Jake, and Gabe, I wanted to send an email to say how much I love listening to Real Blend. We are currently still in lockdown in England due to the pandemic, so I have to work from home, but you guys have been keeping me company the last couple of weeks while I catch up on the first 60 or so episodes. My Lord, sir, don't listen to those. Those are, we were really finding our way through the wilderness on those. Uh, I had never listened to a podcast before, but I stumbled upon this one while looking for Quentin Tarantino interviews and I've been able to stop. I haven't been able to stop listening since. It's funny, informative, and good-natured and I've started telling anyone I know who is even slightly into movies that they should listen to. It truly feels like home to me. I hope I don't get wrapped by Gabe here. But quick question. I know Kevin is a big physical media guy, and I have recently discovered the joy of 4K UHD Blu-rays. Tenant was mind-blowing, he says. And I wondered if he had any recommendations. This is from Sam Doling over in England, a new but no less passionate blender. P.S. It would be awesome if post-pandemic, you guys did another UK meetup. So, Kev, on behalf of Sam, let him know uh, some 4K UHD Blu-rays that he should check out.
3: Well, this is a great question, because as I will put on a physical disc anytime time over um, watching it digitally through iTunes or Amazon. Uh, if you want some great 4K Blu-rays, no question. Uh, the Dark Knight is arguably one of the greatest transfers ever. Your opening shot is in IMAX. Um, so for people, I don't want to get like too into the weeds, but there are filmmakers who shoot in IMAX. And then sometimes those movies go to Blu-ray and then don't get the IMAX footage, meaning you don't get the, the, the uh, change between the widescreen aspect ratio and then the IMAX ratio. Um, Nolan is very adamant about that. Um, so I highly recommend any of his IMAX films. So all of them. Interstellar. What was
0: Damien trying to watch? Dunkirk?
3: Yeah, Giselle was
0: trying, yeah so Damien Chazelle
3: <laughs> was on our show and he was trying to watch Dunkirk on iTunes and it wasn't giving him the IMAX ratios and you have to get the you have to get the the the, the Blu-ray disc so I will clarify this um in order to get those IMAX uh ratios in, in your in your discs you don't necessarily have to have a 4k you can still get the Blu-ray the Blu-ray still plays it um outside of just having a 4k so I recommend the 4k because it's the best look no question um so Dark Knight No question. Definitely get that. Interstellar uh, is my favorite Nolan movie. That one has some of the most gorgeous IMAX shots ever. If you can watch that in 4K on a 4K TV with the actual disc, you will get essentially what Nolan filmed. It's incredible. Um, Dunkirk, another great one, obviously. Uh, That's one of the best transfers I've seen, especially the IMAX shots. Any (laughs)
0: non-Nolans? Yeah, I'll I'll jump to those. And then
3: Tenet, I mean, Nolan really is the reason why I think the – home experience can be really astounding if you if played through the right player and the right television and the right speakers but also just that disc gives nolan you Nolan so- would
0: disagree <clears throat> i want you to tell nolan his home experiences are incredible
3: <laughs> oh well, i mean you're, you're talking to somebody i prefer his 70 millimeter imax experiences but i will say this as somebody who is very adamant about seeing his films in theaters when I do watch them at home on mm. those discs and you get the IMAX shots, it I, it reminds me of the experience. Well, not the same. It's not as tall and large. Um, all right. So then switching over to non-Nolan stuff, First Man is one of the best transfers I've ever seen. Uh, if you want to look at the best part of that movie and see how the 4K really looks, go to the end when they get onto the moon. And as Gosling uh, opens the, the, the hatch and they and they go out onto the moon, that's when the IMAX expands. And you can actually get a full scope because you're basically going from super 16 millimeter film to 65 millimeter IMAX in one shot. And then you'll get truly what the 4K looks like in that sense, especially if you have an OLED uh, television. The black of, of space looks incredible. In but 4K.
4: doesn't it like it's not like <clears throat> like isn't it kind of like progressive where it slowly starts, which yep. is really cool.
3: And I'll give a shout out to Francis Lawrence, who did that as well on Catching Fire. Mm. Um, If you haven't seen Catching Fire, um, when Jennifer Lawrence rises up from the ground into the world of Hunger Games, it goes, and he actually shot all of the inside of the games with 65 mil IMAX cameras, same cameras Nolan uses. That's cool. Um, Really cool. Especially for a a young adult movie to, to implore those, like, Really cool but technical those movies filmmaking. started
0: making some money, so I'm glad they put some Huge. of it back into, yeah. into
3: the production. Um, stepping away from 4K for a second, uh, Tron Legacy. Uh, if you mm-hmm. can get your hands on the actual oh, disc God, for I that. I
0: really like
4: that
3: movie. Um, but it's also an amazing physical disc because the Disney plus version does not have the IMAX shots. So every time we jump into the world, uh, you want to get the disc in your Blu-ray player to get the full scope of the game when you're like in IMAX. Uh, And then I would argue if we were to step away from IMAX and then I'll end on a couple ones here, Blade Runner 2049 um, from a, from a purely sound perspective and visual perspective, hands down one of the best uh, at home transfers I've ever seen. Mad Max Fury Road, great 4k uh blu-ray as well just from a pure sound and visual perspective these are not imax films um i think that's pretty much it i mean I, the only one that BBS? i wish did you get the bvs BBS oh bvs is phenomenal yeah there's a new bvs out now i'm glad you brought that up there's a brand new bvs that came out now this is a little hard and i even had a hard time as a consumer finding this there are two versions of the 4k blu-ray for BBS, There's the one that came out when the movie came out, then there's the new one that just came out. They're still, both still called the Ultimate Edition, but make sure you're buying the one that came out in 2021. That will have the, that will have the IMAX ratio shots uh, on them. And I will put this out there, this is the last thing I'll say. If anybody out there listening to this has any control over Blu-rays and, and getting films to come to home video, the one that i really genuinely upset about that we haven't seen an IMAX ratio yet at home is Ghost Protocol. Uh, and i because uh, I saw Ghost Protocol in 70 millimeter IMAX. And every time we go to that massive building sequence, wow, and we're Burge in Caliph. full IMAX, they had the Burst Khalifa. So the at home version of it, even the disc, does not have the IMAX ratio. So, Brad Bird, if someone gets this to you or someone gets a hold <laughs> of you, please get your IMAX footage and put it on the disc, man. I, 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 I want to see that in 4K, full blown IMAX. Um, so, yeah, those are my recommendations. I mean, anything That's- Nolan uh but tenant i'm so happy Tenet was his first experience because that is one of the greatest transfers i've ever seen so that's
0: outstanding all right so um we'll be back next week we have a premium episode coming up like we said april mailbag uh you can access the premium at bit.ly backslash real blend premium until then you can find us on social media at jake's takes at kevin mccarthy tv at sean underscore o'connell at Gabe Kovach, and the show has at Real Blend. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Oscar recaps um, a new interview. Winner reveal? A winner reveal. That'll be a big one. So we start thinking about which uh, movie we're going to make the other person watch. Uh, Until then, it's probably going to be Hubie Halloween.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's actually a good one. (laughs) No, because it's good. It's entertaining. Hubie!